It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 12 of Survivor Edge of Extinction. I'm your host, Liana Boris, and I will do my best to not make this podcast awkward. Uh, now, Mike Bloom couldn't be here this week, but in his stead, we have my OG co-host from the days of Hunted, Ron Clark's cousin, Kurt Clark. Kurt, how are you? I'm great. Have I been downgraded or upgraded from being his son to being his cousin? Oh, I forgot. That's where you landed. Yes. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I think we actually that whole <laughs> that whole side of the family tree is a little bit fuzzy. So we'll just take you. Right. Well, I think we actually learned that from Aurora, your brother can also be your dad. So, you know, you can be both the cousin and the son. I think that's OK. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Now, we are not alone. We are also joined by the co-host of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, the podcaster's podcaster, the one, the only Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I, re- I really can't believe the lengths that Mike went to just to not be on this episode. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. I just think it was me. you. <laughs> yes. He just really didn't want to talk to you. So, um, okay. So let's get into this season and this episode. So Akiva, give me your thoughts overall on the edge of extinction and then maybe a little bit about this episode. Um, I like this season. I can't say I love it. Um, I, I think that we've all sort of been in the same boat, sort of bracing for the train wreck that is probably the most possible like the most interesting possible thing that could happen being like person either comes back and wins or a person has already come back in Devin's wins and then just like the internet burns to the ground afterwards i think that's what we're all waiting for right like if a person mm-hmm. who gets voted out of this game wins the season and then like how crazy even though it seems like it's been not inevitable but inevitable as like a possibility for a while now um, I do yeah, think people yeah. will be like stunned if it does happen and then it's just going to be chaos on the Internet. I feel like it's one of those things that I know theoretically could happen, but I haven't mentally prepared myself for it actually happening. So we very much could have a Twitter burning everything to the ground type moment. You know, Kurt, I don't know if you sort of feel the <laughs> same way. 
Um, you know, with this with this latest episode, um, it seems like everybody else like let's let's take let's set Devons aside, but he because he's like he is a returnee. But everybody who's not Devons, it seems like we have a tribe full of supporting characters, mm-hmm. and and I don't think any of them would want to hear that. But that's just mm-hmm. largely not in terms of. Uh, like not critiquing their games, but just in terms of like where all the focus has been in the episodes. I mean, I would have said that, you know, if you rewind two weeks uh, after uh, Kelly and David went home and say, okay, so war dog and Ron are probably like the two biggest characters on there other than, other than Devin's and they're both gone now. So it's like, we've got a very distinct possibility that you're going to have that, you know, uh, you know, Victoria Gavin, uh, Laurel, uh, uh, finale um so so i'm it's 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 interesting but then again yeah which makes me think because all of the big characters all the people whose stories we know are now on you know exile obviously you know one of those big characters i don't think we're going to be seeing a julia come back we're gonna be seeing somebody who has some story weight coming back into the game and if devon's is still in the game at that point then i have no idea what's going to happen yeah i i think for me it's really hard to parse out who is going to be in the final three because like you said rick devon's really is the one big character who's left so i'm trying to think okay what are the stories of the other characters that we know and they're minimal I mean I think Julie is like oh it's a little bit of a growth arc between her and the very first episode saying you know I the only time I've been outdoors is when I peed in the bushes well, she'd be the and oldest she- woman to win by I think a bunch of years so that's like at least a story right because she seems yeah. like someone who historically has been a losing finalist right uh yeah but the, like I don't know if that's her narrative I mean right. I think that would be like a cool part at the end right. be like oh yeah see and she overcame the mom stereotype mm-hmm. and you know I, wouldn't we have um, seen more of that know. already if 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 you know right but that's your point for basically all of these people yeah, yeah that who you know who's the person that really has a super strong story that's going to stand out and then I you know I don't know what to make of any of the edge of extinction people like you've got a whole baseball team over there of people that are you know <laughs> che- cheering during this whole tribal and I, I don't know who's going to come back I mean I guess you can say the people that we haven't seen anything from like probably don't stand a chance but you know I, I don't know I don't really know what's going to happen. It, it seems like the jury is now like a contest of who can have the biggest reactions during tribal council. Like it was Aubrey, but Julia is giving her a run for her money in terms of uh, uh, facial expressions and gasps and then jaw dropping moments. So maybe maybe that's what the challenge would be to get back in. Who you know who collectively over the past several weeks has had the biggest uh, you know tribal council reactions from the jury? Okay, you're coming back to the to the game. Yeah, she's like up at the top of the cheerleading pyramid yeah. up there, like she doing was. a little <laughs> dance thing. Yeah, um, Akiva, what did you think about this tribal council with Rick and his? His reactions to the whole Julie Ron thing. Um, I, I, first of all, I thought the tribal council in general, like we're just allowing the jury to basically like they're not allowed to speak, but now they're allowed to like openly show who they're rooting for. That's pretty wild. I do think in general, like, don't you huh. think that that like there used to be rules where uh, like you, one, you couldn't stand and run around and like strategize a tribal council, you know, for about 30 something seasons and two, like the jury couldn't make it like blatantly clear who they're rooting for. It's pretty interesting to, to me, to me, though, that I, I'm fine with the flow of communication going in that direction. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm not I'm not a purist, but like to me, that can only damage the repu- the damage, the games of people still in the game. If everybody sees that the jury is like, you know, gung ho Devons, that's just going to make the people in the game more set to get Devons out. But to me, it's it's more like I think when people are. Um, uh, 
If I guess that there's a back and forth communication, I'm not sure because you know there, anything that the people in the game still do is, I guess, you know, communication to the jury. You're, you know, when when Devins is up there speaking to uh, Ron and Julie, that's just as much for the the jury's benefit. So I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm changing my mind mid mid speech. Uh, so. It's complicated because they have yeah. such a weird relationship. Because yes, they're on the jury, but they're also still technically in the game. So <laughs> I don't know if that changes the rules or anything. Um, um, and yeah, what do you do when you're yeah performing to the jury, but then also knowing that you could maybe be sitting over there and one of them's going to be coming back? Like, I guess it is the definition of like the Facebook relationship. It's complicated. Uh, but, but to go back to the point about, um, you know, the like scuffling around at tribal, just I think this was discussed on a podcast this week. So not a fan of it. And I didn't pull we didn't do casuals corner this week, but I remember a comment that the casuals also didn't like all of the scrambling because it's very hard to follow. So I would be all in favor of reinforcing that rule well the producers must detest it right like i mean we we know like that the producers want to know who's being voted out before they get to tribal and you've heard stories about you know producers basically getting in huge trouble because they didn't know somebody was playing an idol or, or something like that like they must the actual showrunners like must be like uh you know pretty upset about this but i, I guess if they're upset they could always put an end stop to it so you know who knows maybe maybe it's all posturing and 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 they're not actually making decisions yeah, because I'd have to think that all of that whispering, it, either those the microphones that they're potentially I mean, that they're hooked up with can pick up uh, everything to a great extent, or they're going to have to be doing a lot of post, you know, kind of you know post council interviewing to figure out well what was said at this point, what was said at this point, like in, in terms of being able to subtitle things correctly. Oh. Wait, actually, now I'm a huge fan of this idea. So it is the uh, lip dub of Survivor, where we actually just get to make up our own comments about what we think is going on. <laughs> I think that would be a really great idea. I like that. Or or just... Can, can you, uh, I, in, a, in a previous podcast, I talked about having a, a Julie Chen sort of like narration as people walk to the voting urn and like, you know, you know Ron and Julie have you know voted together all these times. Well, you know, I, I, I'm wondering if we're ever going to see ever, ever a confessional interrupt tribal council. I doubt it. But at least, you know, maybe that's the sort of thing you're going to potentially need at some point to explain what happened. Yeah, especially with all the scrambling. <laughs> I yeah. need a narrator. Uh, OK, well, let's get into some of the main thoroughfare that we have on the B&B, and that is our preseason predictions. So Mike and I both made preseason predictions that we wrote way back when about how the players were going to do in the game. And now that Ron Clark is going to go home, I'm going to read what we both predicted for Ron Clark. So the way this is going to work is the two of you will each get to give one of us a point. So, you know, no joint mm -hmm. decisions need to be made. You're each your own individual people. And uh, you'll get to pick who had the best prediction, either Mike or myself. So I'm going to go ahead and read Mike's prediction. So Mike predicted that Ron Clark would be pre-merge. He'll be the first to get into an alliance with the returnees, then immediately turn on them when he disapproves of the way that they're leading. Will get called out for excessive idol hunting. Becomes an easy consensus boot from the tribe due to his over scheming and weaknesses and challenges and decides to leave extinction. Oh, wait. OK, I shouldn't read that. Well, OK. And then he goes to Extinction Island, apparently. <laughs> so that was Mike's prediction. So pre-merge, uh, excessive idol hunting and uh, maybe not working with the returnees. Mm. Any thoughts? <laughs> mm. 
Not, not not looking good for Mike. <laughs> well, this might make things a little better for Mike's prediction. Uh, this was my prediction. I also had Ron Clark as pre-jury. And here's what I said. A swap mixes up the tribes and Ron Clark saw the perfect opportunity to implement his rules and take control of the game. Rule number 54, Carpe Diem. Although his tribe won the reward challenge, Rule 15, do not ask for a reward. They lost the immunity challenge. Ron tried to gather the others on his tribe to take out the vets, but he forgot his own rule number four. Respect other students' comments, opinions, and ideas. The new players had already bonded with the vets, and he refused to vote them out, so they all turned on Ron and voted him out instead. Okay, Akiva. Yeah. We'll turn the tables over to you. What do you think? Well, what happened, Who do you think had the better prediction? What happened to your AI making these decisions, first of all? I like that. I know. I made the mistake of trying to do it myself. <sighs> Clearly, uh, I that should have been one of my rules. Always have a computer write your predictions for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty close, right? But I, I, I think uh, you probably win. Mike, Mike always gets more specific than you do, too. Like mm-hmm. he gets more, even when he, more detail, but I think more well, detail is bad here because you have more things you're just going to get wrong. He he tried to uh, simplify with the bullet points, um, and then his bullet points started. You know what's that rule in PowerPoints? It's like you know only however many bullet points, however many words per bullet point. Yeah, he started failing there, but you know he's got a baby on the way, so I guess you know excuses. But uh, <laughs> okay, so Akiva. Uh, you know, I don't mean to push you or pressure no, you. No, I, I have, way, I have, uh, but... I have you, I have you. Okay, great, fantastic. Um, Kurt, what do you think? Um, I was going to go based before you read the predictions. I was going to go based on two criteria: one, who had him going further, and two, how many uh, friends or Matthew Perry references there were <laughs> in the prediction. Uh, <laughs> so the second point kind of is negated in both counts, but. You had him at least making a swap. There was no reference to that in Mike's prediction. Uh, and also you had him as uh, against the returnees versus joining the returnees. And then there was plenty of call outs to the Ron Clark rule. So I think uh, in my own weighted uh, mindset, you kind of outdid him three to one. So you get a point. OK, I'll take it. I may not have referenced Matthew Perry, but I did reference the Ron Clark rule. So I think yes. that sort of counts. OK, I do really well when Mike's not here. I don't know why that is. Hmm. Uh, okay all right awesome so we settled that uh we both did terrible on the predictions in general though is having him pre-merge um so akiva is there anything in particular about this episode or this season that you want to talk about oh yeah I, I actually had a take on the loved ones visit i was just thinking about from this episode it, when so i don't know if they show us uh the order of who's actually being introduced to their loved one uh, in the way it happened because everyone sort of goes back to where they were so it would be very easy to just edit it in terms of however they felt like it but I always thought if there's seven people left and you're like fifth or sixth you kind of know like you're right now not the story of the season you know what I'm talking about like the last person gets mm-hmm. the hammer and like the first one or two always have to be interesting to like get the audience's attention but those like last couple that usually get rushed through you'll be like oh yeah nobody cares about me like if the, the spot you don't want to be in is second to last I feel like <laughs> What do you think about that? Take? So you think that so you think that the order in which the loved ones are released has something to do with how your narrative is in the <laughs> oh, game? No, I like know it does for sure. But okay, but it's also coupled with how interesting of a person. Like if if like your lost long lost grandma was coming out there, and it was like a tear, you know, like the the thing that would be most likely to make probes cry. Let's just say, 
uh, you know, that that would go last, even if you weren't necessarily uh, the focal point of the edit of the game. But, you know, so, for instance, Gavin is not the focal point of the edit of the game, but he goes last. But that's because he has an interesting story, right, that he got married and we didn't know that as the audience. Uh, and even the contestants did not know that. Um, yeah, I definitely for the last one. For sure. I can totally see that. Like Gavin, for sure. I mean, he even right. Yeah. Like they knew that he was going to have the most, probably the most emotional um, meetup, obviously, because he j- got married two days before he left for Survivor. So definitely I can see that. I don't know about the rest of them. And I, I, I always <laughs> maybe this is my naive brain, but I always thought that they did come out in the order that they were. Edited. I mean, they might, but there's well, no, I think, I always, my philosophy with, with I all think things. You see the, I think you do see the uh, I think you do see the, the loved ones, though, standing off to the side. But they don't have he, to show them after so, every one. You know what I mean? They can they can sort of cut it tightly yeah. enough that I, I mean, listen, there, I, I'm, this isn't like a conspiracy theory. There's no reason <laughs> for them to do it. But there's also no problem if they are actually editing. It's just a thought I always had. Like you, you want the hammer of being last first mm-hmm. is fine. You don't want to be like, uh, you know, quick, quick hug to your. Uh, there was a funny tweet this week from Chris Kelly, who I used to be the head writer of SNL. And like Survivor, you guys should maybe ask him if he wants to come on the show. He's probably funnier than me. Um, and uh, he said, like, every time there's a woman whose like dad comes to visit them, Probst is like a little creepy and is like, all right, you like, all right, you want to sit on his lap? Like, you know, he's like very like infantile as them. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that, that's actually a weird point. That does happen, though. I did notice that. Um, like the the one with Lauren, I think it was Lauren and her dad win that award this year. The I don't want to ask what oh. you whispered in your dad's ear. Somehow right. came that across, is weird. Across like what, really what, what is she saying? Like I'm pregnant. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay, so I'm looking at the order from this is uh, last season. So um, David versus Goliath. Uh, the last person was Christian uh, and his girlfriend. Um, and actually Angelina and Mike were that second to last and third to last, which were the, uh, the two losing finalists. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that Ooh. Aurora and Victoria are going to be our two losing finalists? Could be. Could, uh, I could see it. Uh, I, I don't but think it's, I don't think it's how you're doing in the game. Uh, like as much as like uh. how much you matter to the audience possibly, but, but also part of it is like, you know, sometimes uh, it could just be like a sibling and it's not so exciting or it could be a parent, but there's no story. That's not that interesting. Uh, the truth is like, mm-hmm. and also one of the, like the, just, you know, not to be like casuals corner here, but you know, you're, you're watching this and you're thinking everyone who watches the, the loved ones visit thinks like, all right, who would I pick? Right. Um, are you picking, are you picking parents and child? Or I think more often we could have someone run the stats on this. You're, you're probably picking relationships, right? And obviously siblings always come yeah. last. No, unless it's like your your only ally in the game, and you have like a deal with them beforehand. Nobody's picking like a brother and sister to go back to camp. And I even I remember back in Exile Island, I think one of the big things when when Terry won was uh, there was a whole argument about how you know, Aris was trying to make the case for like why you know uh, it's it's it, that it was important for him to see his mom on the visit, and, and Terry was like, you know, that you can't even compare that relationship to the relationship between a husband and a wife, and they got into a huge argument about it. So I think that does become kind of part of the the thing that people try to kind of rationalize why they picked who they picked. Hmm. Maybe that's why Aurora said that you know Shane, her brother, was her brother, her father. You know, I'm trying to be like, guys, this matters <laughs> more to me, okay, and not just my brother. Am I am I the only one who would be huh. super stressed out about like who to pick and like? 
like and if they'd come and who's actually going to show up and like oh shoot who's watching my kids or whatever like i feel like that would be very stressful in terms of like actually uh, who your loved one would be oh for oh, sure yeah. yeah no one would show up for me oh <laughs> oh that's so sad well, do you no, have an assistant I, coach so- kurt <laughs> no you should have your uh, father slash uncle um come or whatever uh, ron clark's relationship is with you now i could have ron clark i could have ron also i think yeah um yeah also like i i have like a wife and three kids and parents and siblings um like you know i I was thinking like i have like 10 people to choose from not that i would like pick my sisters but the uh but like at least you have a wife yeah, I but then like who's watching like my kids? Like go-to. practically, like I don't know how that you know, like <sighs> yeah, especially if it, especially if I'm picking my see. wife, and then my parents are like, "Well, I'm not watching your kids. I wanted to come on Survivor." <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't see either of my parents coming. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I'm an only child. So it's like I've got. Well, we've seen friends. You can have. I'm, you can, Kurt, do you gonna, have a friend? I'll be your friend. Oh no! Yeah, you can pick I, me. Okay. I'll, I would love to go to Fiji. I'm. It's a great way to make friends to if you that. have the spot to get on. You know, to get on the loved ones visit. I'm sure you could make that. Would be funny if you just like picked the, <laughs> just like a random guy you met on the street. I think <laughs> don't they say that? Um, did, did Randy Bailey not make his loved one visit? But he had like some. He had no one coming or something like that. Or he had like saw a stranger coming. Maybe isn't there a story like that? Mm. Sounds right, but I don't. I, I'm afraid to take a stance on that just in case I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be hard. That's actually a really good question of who would you pick? Because like, so when I was married, I would have picked my husband. But now that we're divorced, my parents would be like, you know, my parents are divorced, too. No. And so they'd be like fighting over who gets to go. And it'd be like, oh, so clearly you love your mom more. <laughs> like, clearly you love your dad more. Would, that would throw pros for a loop if someone with. had their ex-husband or ex-wife on. Um, and and probes, that's probes, just, just to make pick. it would be worth it just to make it so awkward for probes <laughs> to like. Uh, you know, like spin it. <gasps> yes. Rihanna, what did you just whisper in his ear? Uh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you like didn't get your alimony check this month. Yeah, that would be like Chris, way like, better. <laughs> say hello to your ex, Steve. You just kind of stay standing. What, in yeah, what if they did that? It was like a, it was like, like a rivals thing. They tricked you, and they like I feel like I'm, like the challenge would do that, right? Where it's like this person was mean to you in ninth grade, and now they're like you know going to screw over your. Uh, Screw your game because everything you told them, they're going to go tell the other people and try and get you voted out. I mean, if you're going to try to make airtime, then you definitely pick your rival. Can you imagine doing this challenge with your rival? You like toss the bucket of water, they catch it and just dump it on the they, ground. They like dump it on your head <laughs> slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it right back at you. That's a good call because they haven't, uh, because the loved ones usually don't participate nowadays. Which I think also is you have to, they probably have to clear, you know, there's seven people. A lot of times you have, you'll have like a 60 plus year old person who very likely can't get cleared to do a physical challenge. That's my guess, right? That's why they don't know. I assume they always yeah. want to do it. It's just not always feasible. Um, so you really, maybe mm. there's, if they do do it, maybe there is a strategy of like, my wife is like very like strong and she could do these things. Like maybe she, you know, should be better than just like, you know, someone's parent who's, who's maybe not super agile. Yeah, well, then you could be like, "Hey, can you actually swap places with me? Like, I'll just do the catching and pouring." Wait, in the do you bucket. mean like a you wife like swap? You're like, "Hey, beach. like Devin's, like your wife like, seems like she's better at challenges than mine." <laughs> like, just tap into my like. I wish I had like connect like. Michael Phelps yes. coming out like you know that was literally my thought like, yeah. I was like my loved one is Olympian Michael Phelps well but they're not swimming <laughs> shouldn't it be like the hound from like Game of Thrones you like shouldn't it be know. someone who's really strong who could like you know catch all the water or or I mean I guess it should be like a baseball player right who's like who's with a good glove that, like a, that could catch all the water in the bucket 
Uh, like a yeah. track and field. But you're doing the running, right? The, the, um, the survivors yeah. were doing the running, so I don't know if you need the, right? You don't really need the track and field athlete. I think you want height. Like, if it's going to be this challenge, you want height. So I think you want a basketball Well, didn't the tallest player, person win it, right? right? Didn't did Ron's husband, who seemed like a oh, really yeah. big dude, win it? So, yeah, he did seem okay. really tall. I think we're on to mm-hmm. something. Hmm. Okay, so LeBron James. <laughs> I loved one. All right, I don't think I, I was just thinking, uh, I, just, I just said, like, oh, I have, like, ten people in my immediate family. But now I realize, like, none of them are more than, like, other than my dad, none of them are more than, like, 5'2", so I'm not sure. <laughs> my daughter is actually, like, 5'4". Maybe I'll take her, but she's a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. Like, Boston uh, Powers, Shane's son went mm-hmm. out there. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta draft uh, Didn't, you remember know, the remember family members. Two, uh, was, was it Caramon where they were allowed two loved ones? Uh, didn't didn't someone also have, like, somebody and their kid? That's the only other kid I remember. Uh, like child. I think I know New Zealand had like New Zealand had like entire families come out. I remember. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds right. Um, yeah, then maybe you could just bring your whole family. Then, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about who you're going to piss sh- off. Like Sherry, maybe maybe I'm hallucinating this in, in Karamoan um, that, that they would, like everyone had two. like didn't Cochran have both his parents on that boat. Yeah, I remember both his parents being there. Like, I, I mean, I really remember his dad barbecuing. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. No, that was just one. Uh, Cochran's mom. But did, oh, maybe they like met up later. Yeah, I think it was a well, surprise that there was a second I, one. Oh man, I'm supposed to be on this week in Survivor history later. This does not bode well. <laughs> I'm going to tell Kalish to. Uh, I'm going to. By the okay, way, this yeah. is really the week of Liana. I don't know if people know this, but you're on this podcast, which I guess you're always on, and then you're on this week in Survivor history, or just this week in Survivor. I think mm-hmm. it's called. You haven't really clearly you haven't listened mm-hmm. once this year because there's no H. And um, and you're on RANP this week also. What a big week for Liana and the Liana stands. I know. And Drag, and Race. drag Race. I know. I Yeah, I'm recording four podcasts this week. Oh, my weekend. God. It is, uh, it's intense. Uh, okay. All right. So not to get a little inside loved ones baseball. Uh, so, Kurt, uh, Mike has apparently prepared a game um and you are here to host it so what has mike and uh jonathan troyer i think had some help in preparing what do you have for us uh yeah so uh jonathan had gone on to the rotten tomatoes page for the movie that is in the hearts and minds of all survivor watchers the the ron clark story um and we're going to be taking a look at the reviews that were left by uh the the fans the the casuals if you will what they thought about the ron clark story so what i'm going to read to you are we've got we've got five questions uh multiple choice um for each one you're going to hear three actual rotten tomatoes user reviews of the ron clark story and one fake one and it is up to you to figure out which one is real and well, which actually, which one is the fake one? Okay. Because there'll be three real and one fake. Uh, there are five questions. Um, so I'm going to say, you know what? Let's just, you'll, you'll each give an answer. And then we'll just see who gets the most points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Does that yeah, sound fair? That works for me. Okay. Um, so first, first question, or for a first uh, set of reviews, I should say. Uh, number one from Brandon T. Best Hallmark movie to date. Was it a Hallmark movie? Okay. All right. Yeah. Keep going. Number two, one of the bestest movies ever. Got to see, especially if you have kids, this is what you would hope and want for a teacher for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was five stars. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, third from Kyle S. I wish my teachers was that goofy, but good. Three stars. And fourth, Yavuz I is the reviewer. So I may like some cheesy inspirational movies, but hey, I do kind of want to teach and let the forget be remembered and Ron Clark, good example. (laughs) That is three and a half stars. So best Hallmark movie, one of the bestest ever. I wish my teachers was that goofy, but good. Or I may like some cheesy inspirational movies, which is the fake review. Wow. Liana. Um, Okay. Yeah. So was Ron Clark an English teacher? Because I don't know if he would approve of some of these reviews. Um, All right. I I have an answer. Do you want to go ahead and and say it? All right, I'll say. It. Well, does <laughs> Akiba? Does he have to write down an answer too? I don't want him to yeah, cheat how does off this of work? me. I, I'll, can we work on the honor system? I will. I will not cheat at this game since there are no stakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are no stakes. B is very important. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with B. Okay. Yeah, I was deciding between and A and B. Akiva? I feel like they got progressively weirder as they went on. And I, but the thing is, we don't know inside the mind of the guy who wrote this. Like maybe he's like a super clever guy who, who like you know is really trying to trick us. So I'm going to go A. I went A. Uh, the correct answer is actually C. I wish my teachers yeah, so was that, that goofy slight, but good. So, uh, uh, the, sort of mistake in there. Like the my teachers was that that I thought like, all right, why would he write that? I feel like that's real. Hmm. And the, the one about so I may like some cheesy inspirational movies, but hey, I do kind of want to teach and let the forget be remembered. And Ron Clark, good example. Uh, I'm not even going to go into the spelling and grammatical errors on, on that one. Um, Ron Clark, well um, example. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Uh, and, and you are correct. It is not a Hallmark movie, uh, but uh, that was what one of the reviews was. So after one question, we are at zero zero. And next set of reviews. This is from uh, Dimitriful. As uh, so great, it's like a tra- ah, sorry. <clears throat> so great, it's like a tra- tradition to me to watch it at least once a year. I couldn't live without this movie. Five stars. Lucas. I can't believe a teacher would be able to reach kids so fast. Amazing. Four stars. Angela. Is dangerous minds based on this? Three and a half stars. Annie. There is more to being a teacher than what most people would think there is. Wonder how much longer I am going to believe that. Three and a half stars. We will start with Akiva on this one. Which of those is the fake reveal? Uh, I'm going to say the dangerous minds one. See. Okay. Uh, okay. I said, oh, I said the, I said a a tradition. Traditional watches. Yeah. Actually, I can't believe a teacher would be able to reach kids so fast. Amazing is the fake one. All you both guessed real reviews, and I do not believe that Dangerous Minds was based on this. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that we've cleared that up. Um, okay. What does it mean to reach kids so fast? You know, I really need to watch this movie for and, all, <laughs> all the and, talk of it. Well, it was a fake review, so it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. Um, uh, it, it, I mean, you potentially the thing behind is maybe meant to also be to teach kids so hmm. fast, but uh, re, you know, we see typos in these all the yeah, time. Okay. Um, okay, review set three <clears throat> from Brandon. Two stars. Gross. Why would anyone chug all that milk? So <laughs> stupid for someone supposedly smart enough to teach. <laughs> uh, three. St- <laughs> three stars. I've also not seen this film. Uh, three stars from Costas. Boring, inspirational American dream crap. If you had checked, four stars from Taha. It made me cry. It made me cry because of its greatness. And lastly, four and a half stars from Just. 
Well, not only I love Matthew Perry, but I think this movie is great. The story is good. I don't think sixth grade changed your life so much, especially since high school becomes 10 times more problematic. More than one of those kids give up in high school, but I guess some did change. (laughs) An elementary school teacher cannot matter because high school will screw you up. Uh, Liana. Okay, what was what were B and C again? So A was milk. Uh, <laughs> I got that. B was boring, inspirational American dream crap. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and C was it made me cry because of its greatness. Okay, I'm gonna hope that C is real. I'm gonna go with B, even though I would believe it if it was a real one. What was A again? Akiva. <laughs> Gross. Why yeah, would anyone chug all that know, milk? This so is, stupid. I, I, I'm going to pick A, but if A is if A is real, I want to know so much more about the milk. <laughs> the correct answer is oh, A. Is so no milk is on the in this, board in this movie? Now, Damn I would, it. I would have watched this I'm for guessing, sure I'm if guessing there was it like a big milk thing. I, we would have, like, I might have paused the podcast right now. We would have had to at least Google what happened with the milk. I'm guessing that there. I'm guessing that the fake review does reference an. Well, actual do you think the guy movie. who wrote this has uh, seen the movie? I do. Yeah, I would. I would think. So. I, I don't know. Jonathan, let us know. Um, it's funny that no, nobody's seen the movie. Seen it's the like movie. A, Maybe it's like that's a TNT the, made for TV movie. It would be <laughs> crazy if one of us saw it. Kurt. But do you think like Matthew Perry is so mad that uh, that like Schwimmer and Aniston uh, like refused you know to do like more seasons of Friends at like over a million dollars per episode like. $25 million a year easily. And this guy's stuck playing some, you know, six, you know, placed on Survivor, Ron Clark, like in a, in a movie for less money, uh, you know, than he would have got from 22 minutes on Friends. Come on. Well, got, this, is the, this is a low point for well, Matthew in the, Perry. In the Ron Clark story sequel, which is a retelling of Survivor played by Matthew Perry again, I think there's an opportunity is he to a cast teacher the rest still? of the uh, Survivor. Or is he, or is he like a teacher <laughs> educator? Do you know what I mean? Is he like showing up? Like, a, like an yeah, is he like showing up at I like seven thirty a.m. every day and like grading homework, even though he's like ostensibly rich? You know, you know, like he's no, not. I, no, you don't way. think he's still a I teacher? Mean, he he's runs, just a teacher. He's like the teacher's teacher. The, the way you called me the podcaster's podcaster. Yeah, he he runs the academy, <laughs> the Ron okay. Clark Academy. So I'm sure you know can. He's an administrator. He's probably an administrator. Although, you know, he's like the cool, he like shows up every once in a while to like teach class mm-hmm. and show everybody how to do it. But then he's done, like sort of like uh, teach cucking the teacher where he's like so much better than the teacher yes. that they look dumb. <laughs> yes, exactly. He could just, he had, because it's his academy, he can go into what any classroom and just say, is. step aside. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And you know what? And, and if we're wrong, I'm I sure had a, will not I had a, um, we had a situation um, where like I had a bad class in 10th grade, like bad behaved class. And we ran off a few teachers in a row. And it was a small private school, so like the the rabbi who was the the like the principal is his school. Uh, he was the Ron Clark, except it didn't have his name on it, uh, which is kind of weird to have your name on a school, by the way, unless you're like George Washington. Um, uh, so mm. he's like, no more, no more misbehaving, guys. I'm your new teacher, and he like was probably a busy guy. He was the principal of the whole school, and he like taught us the last five months of the year. And he was so that was like the his Ron Clark moment where he's like, all right, the other guys can't whip you in the shape, and like I'm going to do it. And you're going to get like zeros on tests out of 100 if you don't, you know, uh, if yeah, like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. He literally owned the school. Hmm. Well, OK, so I did uh, Google a few things. So first of all, on the Ron Clark website, it says Ron Clark is the founder and mathematics teacher. So oh. maybe he does teach math. 
Uh, but more importantly, I also Googled Ron Clark milk chug and I found a video. Uh, he Matthew Perry does seem to be drinking milk, although it's like a tiny carton. that you, Oh, there's a ton of cartons. Oh, my goodness. He's drinking a lot of milk, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so there's a lot of. OK, so that's real. The, the milk. I mean, not the comment, obviously, but the milk chugging is real. There are currently two thousand seven hundred views uh, on this video. If anyone's interested, Ron Clark, can we chug. can we just maybe like Mike yeah. might be out next week. Can we just instead of talking about Survivor the week before the finale, just like do a quick review of this movie uh, and mostly the milk scene? Yes, I think that's a better I think that's a better use of our time. Um, hey, add it to the wheel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so uh, next question. Let's. We were down three to. Let's do it. Let's What's do the score? It. One to one. We can stop after three. I thought one I just got that one. Oh, I no, saw. You, I thought Leon had, yeah, had a point. Sorry. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah. nah, nah. No, there's no there's no okay. Kalish math here. We're 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 good. Um, okay, uh, question four. Okay, first, this is and by the way, this is uh, all caps. I love so I'm going to read it like T Bird. <clears throat> I love Lifetime movies. I know I'm not supposed to watch Lifetime until I consider a cougar. LOL. But I love Lifetime and LMN, and this movie was awesome. I love Matthew Perry. I loved him as Chandler Bing and Friends. He's a great actor. This movie was great. <laughs> Five stars. In oh, case that made a uh, difference. Yeah. That wasn't clear. <laughs> that was from okay. Jen. Uh, uh, Jacob, uh, three stars, just okay for a teacher movie. Mm. Air quotes around mm-hmm. teacher. I think he gives it. He gives it a C plus. <laughs> uh, from uh, Mary gives this five stars. Matthew Perry acted so well in this movie. I can't wait to see what he does next. No. And then from J H, two and a half stars. The Ron Clark boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great review. <laughs> Oh, my God. And uh, we will start with Akiva. Uh, I'm going to go with D. Yeah. The Ron Clark Bore. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with C. It is C. Mary Path, Matthew Perry acted so well. Uh, So we are tied 1-1. Brings us down to our last question. Um, Here we go. Four reviews. Uh, First one by Guard. Five stars. This story is awesome. I hope my teacher teach me at school just like Ron Clarkson. Ron Clarkson? Yep. Uh, not to be confused with Ron Clark's son. You. Which is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Adam, two and a half stars. It's too predictable and have been done before, but Matthew Perry is good and so are the kids. Uh, Monica, two and a half stars. Why was this movie made? The Western education system is so toxic and Ron Clark didn't help those kids succeed in life at all. He just helped them get brainwashed. And lastly, from Rodrigo, four stars. This man really has balls. The story behind every kid was very hard and painful and could see that and rescue them anyway. Matthew is just perfect here. He's funny, sweet, and very good with kids. I really like how the movie was made and told nothing new, but well done. Very enjoyable film. Um, wait, can you repeat A and B? Hey, this story is awesome. I hope my teacher teach me at school just like Ron Clarkson. And B was it's too predictable and have been done before. But Matthew Perry is good. And so are the kids. Matthew Perry is good. And so are the man. Okay, um, I'm going to go with B. Yeah, I'm going with D. The Kiva. D. You Mm. are both incorrect. So. Akiva, because you were on the board first, you get to choose between A and C, and Liana, you get stuck with the oh, other no. one. Oh, <laughs> no. 
So either this story is awesome. I hope my teacher teach me at school just like Ron Clarkson. Or why was this movie way? So now we're getting inside. So uh, what's the guy who made this quiz's <laughs> name? We're getting inside his head at this point. And he is very big Jonathan. into like sort of the malapropism. So I'm going to go with A. Okay. So the so Liana, you are with the education system is so toxic. The made up answer is oh. C. Liana, oh. you get the points oh. by default. This guy's and been playing you the long game the whole time. <laughs> oh, good quiz. <laughs> well, well yeah. oh man. Well, I keep if it makes you feel any better, I would have chosen oh, A. Well, that as makes well. me. I think so that should make then, me feel much worse. Uh, yes, because that means you would have mm-hmm. won. If Why I, are there no ties? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There should be ties. Mm. No ties. <laughs> you. You, you, no, you, well, it's you too late now. Why, to what, what's Liana's incentive to agree to that? <laughs> yeah, of course not. I think I think one of is it no one of Ron in, Clark's in, rules? In, no ties. Uh, ties like kissing your sister who comes to see you on the family visit. Hmm. <laughs> Although you can't have a tie at tribal, didn't he? Didn't he always wear his tie during tribal council? He was. I noticed he was wearing ties during confessionals. I didn't notice during the uh, the tribal council, but I didn't pick that up until my uh, rewatch of this last episode. Is that uh, he? He does mm. have the the neckwear going yeah. on. Hmm. Okay. Yay. Well, congratulations, me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, speaking of Ron Clark and Ron Clark rules, let's get into our very own Ron Clark rules. So Ron Clark has his 55 essential rules for something educating, edu- uh, even though it's, what is it? It's a, <laughs> what was the B of the last question? It's a messed up system or something. Oh, how it's yes, toxic. Yeah. So we're adding to the toxic <laughs> education system by adding our very own rules. So by the end of the season, we will have 69 rules by adding one rule per episode. 55 so, rules are way too many rules for anything. Right. Like, how are you? Yeah. Supposed like, to follow oh, yeah, 50, that's like, way too, too much. Many. 55 rules are too many rules. Like, if I'm a teacher, I want maximum. If you how about this, Ron Clark, if I was a teacher, who gave out 55 rules to my students on day one, you'd say I was the worst teacher in history, right? I mean, I was a teacher. I might have been the worst teacher in history, but I never gave out 55 (laughs) rules to people because that's 45 more rules than people can follow. The thing is, is that I feel like there's a lot of rules. Okay, so they range from like very general carpe diem to very specific on a bus always face forward. So I feel like you could maybe like lump some of them together. Yeah, but that's his job. You know? That's like, not our job. You know what I mean? Specific? Like 10 rules, but then each rule has like yeah. four or five sub rules. That's fine. 55. I'm not I'm not buying that book. I'm buying the one simple rule to being a great teacher book. It's a doctor. Educators hate him. One simple rule to uh, educating your students. Yeah. The book that no teacher wants Uh, you to see. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm trying to quickly Google how many rules are on the Boston. I don't even think it's 55 pages. Um, Because I. I, I... (laughs) Yeah, but there's pictures, so. Um. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, uh, Akiva, we're gonna do your favorite thing and add nice. more rules to the nice. Ron Clark rules. Um. Okay. So what we have established so far, I'll read them off very quickly. Uh, Reem Daily, speak softly and carry a big snake. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Stupid. Watch your back. Always go through someone's bag twenty minutes ago. Aurora followed that rule. Yeah. Um. Have Joey amazing on your tribe. All's fair in love and war. Dog. Dress for the blind side you want. Uh, you know, Ron Clark, perhaps. Uh, don't be a puppet, master. If you're going to jump ship, give them your wallet. 
Be the good cop. It's criminally underrated. And if you treat someone like a dog, you might get bit. Okay, so we are on rule number 67. So I'm going to give a few Mm -hmm. suggestions um, that we got, and then I'll turn it over to the two of you if you have suggestions. So um, one suggestion we got from a listener, Glenna, said, always be good till the last drop. Peridium, uh, who a YouTube content creator who was a guest on our show a couple weeks back, said, love your life, never take it for granted, which I think was a you know, Ron Clark quote. And then uh, Mike's suggestion uh, in abstentia was blood is thicker than parchment. Okay. So Kurt, do you have any suggestions for a potential Ron Clark rule for this week? Uh, Yeah, I do. Um, Sometimes if you put it out into the universe, it'll bite you in the butt. And I was thinking like, this referring back to the fact that uh, Ron kind of put it out into the universe that he was going to uh, give Devin's an immunity idol. He gave him that, but he did it in the form of a fake parchment. But the universe was like, you know what? I'll do you one better. I'll get him a real immunity idol and we'll see how that how that boils down. So be careful what you put out into the universe. That actually could if you make yourself a fake hidden immunity idol. Do you think then you'll get a real immunity idol? <laughs> Is that how that works? I do. Yes, that's how that works. <laughs> okay, I don't like. How can we make that one succinct? I'm not entirely sure. Like, uh, uh, if you put it out into the universe, I'd, I would say don't, don't put it out put, into yeah, the universe. Don't put it out <laughs> the universe. Oh my gosh. Okay, Akiva, what do you think? Do you have any ideas? Hmm, I think at least Reem probably isn't going to yell at me. That's a big one, right? Reem, why is Reem going to yell at Ron? Like she just yelled at War Dog. I don't think is she mad at Ron. I don't think she's mad at Ron. So, so what? Don't have Reem no, like, yell at you. I, I like, or, like that's don't like do a solace of not being vo- of you know of being voted out. At least he's not going to get reamed out by Reem. Oh, like at least at least you yeah, won't he's be not reamed. Get reamed. Probably the least <laughs> reaming any she's done all year will be for Ron Clark. She was, uh, yeah, she was really what? nice to him. Was it in the pre? Was it? It wasn't in the previews. It was. It was it in like kind of like the closing mm-hmm. scenes. I'm trying to where like she's like, dude. I've heard great things about you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all a game. Like, it's fine. He's like the one person, but you're right. You're, you're right. Akeem. It's like, she's, he's like the one person that she has like, well, has been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, well, could be but that's crazy that apparently, so apparently, I mean, everybody's heard good things about, uh, about Ron Clark um let's see okay so i think we have a lot of good suggestions i think uh you know we should give this one to mike um and go with his idea blood is thicker than parchment i don't know if either of you feel strongly about that you know it's uh i like the tie-in to the uh the vote um so i think i think ultimately that's what i might go with but uh, i'm open to other suggestions if anybody feels strongly yeah, let's give this to Mr. Bloom. He'll have a kid soon. You know, he'll need something to make his kids not think he's an idiot, you know, or whatever Rick Devin said. So he can say he can look at his kids. Try to make me tell him he's got a Ron Clark rule. Try to make me look like an idiot in front of my kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that was also another weird thing that Jeff Probst said. He said something to, does it trigger you? Yeah, this was, okay, so Jeff Probst said this to Rick. Does it trigger you when she brings up your son and he doesn't know where you are? What the F, Jeff? Like, what a weird thing that to is say weird, to right? somebody. Do you think Probst is really into the word trigger? Because I feel like there's yeah. a certain type on Twitter that like that word. And right. it's not, I wouldn't have pegged Probst as a big trigger guy. <laughs> I... I actually triggered someone by using mm. the word trigger at the wrong time. <laughs> so it was, it was like a, it was like a meta, meta trigger. trigger. It was, and I apologize. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, 
the unobtainable meta trigger. Like, good for you, Kurt. Yeah. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So let's keep on keeping on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so the uh, the last fun activity that we have for this week is a loved ones bracket now we couldn't have akiva on and not do a bracket i know it's not march uh, but yeah, yeah he was excited for this one so i had the help of jess sterling and dj labelle klein who put together oh my gosh yes the stan bracket over on robin akiva need a podcast where i uh hosted the uh stan bracket with robin akiva where we chose what to stand uh Love the King Cake Baby. All hail King Cake Baby, as we all know. The best mm. baby and mascot of all time. He's our king. Mm, he is our king. So today, what we're going to do is we are going to walk through the loved ones bracket. So uh, they put together an elite eight of loved ones uh, visits in hopes of finding the best family visit of all time. So uh, we solicited your opinions on Twitter. We really had to narrow it down. But thanks to everybody for all of the suggestions that they were given. So with 38 seasons of Survivors to choose from, only 33 if you count seasons that had loved ones, there were a lot to choose. But we are going to battle through all of this. So the way this is going to work is the two of you, Kurt and Akiva, you will discuss um, each of the matchups and I will come in as the tiebreaker if necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. I already know which one. I'm, if it's in the eight, uh-huh. I'm pushing for it to go all the way. So we'll see if okay. it appears. Well, Kurt, Kurt you got it. You have to, you have to make some you know deals because you're only one in a three votes we might have to like play a little survivor here where you put one of mine through and i put one of yours through i like this <laughs> okay we'll see we'll see well now can i ask are we voting for the loved one we like the most or the overall their performance in the visit yeah i think it's the overall visit yeah. in terms of this we're voting for the season more the the visit that happened during that season versus like necessarily any individual wait, 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 is it the whole person so they're, they're, it's a it's oh. matchups. yeah so uh, this was oh, originally conceptualized okay. as like a stan loved ones bracket but all hail king cake baby stan king cake baby obviously mm. nothing can come the oh. way of king cake wait, wait, baby. king cake baby on the hot seat because uh, Liana, King Cake Baby said they were going to send me, you, and Rob some merch. We've gotten no merch. I'd say the the clock is on for King Cake B- Baby possibly being unstand. Ooh, Ooh. Okay, yeah. I didn't know you could. <laughs> Can we unstand a thing? Yeah, yeah if you don't send us merch, we unstand you. Mm, 
Okay, yeah, we can uh, maybe uh, not to get into the weeds here of the king cake baby. We can discuss this further <laughs> further on the wrap. Um, okay, sure. so let's get into uh, our first matchup. So yeah, so like I said, it is um, individual loved ones that will be matched up against each other. Okay, you can whatever criteria we want to use. I'm cool with that. Um, so let's just get into it. So this first matchup is the battle of the nicknames. So the honorable mentions for the nickname category is uh, Sunny Bunny, the sister of Lauren Rimmer from season 35, uh, mm-hmm. who stole uh, mm-hmm. the hug from Jeff. But the first matchup is Big D versus Thunder D. So Big D is Keith Nail's wife from season 31 of Cambodia. So after seeing Keith for two seasons and his son Wes back in San Juan del Sur, meeting Big D was the final piece of the Oso complex puzzle that is Keith Nail. And of course, Thunder D visited Johnny Fairplay season seven, Pearl Islands, known for uttering the words, she died, dude, about Johnny Fairplay's <laughs> grandmother in order to garner sympathy from other contestants, even though Fairplay's grandma was alive and well watching Jerry Springer. I forgot that was the phrase. She died, dude. <laughs> she died, dude. <laughs> And it's great because he like comes out so happy. He's like, God, you know, it's like doing the peace, Richard Nixon peace signs. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, I got to be sad. She died see, I forgot I got this role I have to play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So what do the two of you think? Is there a front runner? Is this one of your uh, people you were thinking of, Kurt? No, I doubt that the one I'm, I'll, I'll okay. say at the end, but I doubt the one okay. I'm thinking of is even in the bracket. Um, Keevan, do you want to go first? Get, get, like I, yeah, well, I've. I detest Johnny Fairplay. He's my least favorite survivor of all time, other than like the people who are like in jail or actual like awful criminals, uh, which maybe he should be in jail. I'm not sure. But uh, he famously uh, cheated me in a fantasy football trade and blamed it on being in church. And he's a snake. I hate him. So I would never pick anything with Johnny Fairplay. So I'm go- even though I, I like I love Keith Nail. I barely remember his wife's visit, but I'm still picking it. <laughs> and I'll take it as a personal insult if anybody votes for Johnny Fairplay here. Johnny Fairplay can go uh, to hell. Right. Even okay, though so obviously Kurt, the what do you answer, think? So he can do whatever he wants. It's up to you. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to have to contend with this. Thoreau so, so early. He sucks. He stole Rob's. Uh, he never gave back the fantasy football tro- uh, belt. He stole uh. it from Rob. So I was going to go with Johnny Fairplay in this spot uh, only because it's such an iconic moment in Survivor history. But like, you know, to be on Akiva's bad side when we like this is our first podcast together ever. Don't be bullied. This is how you want to start a relationship. Oh, the bully word. (laughs) I'm Um, triggered. You know what? I am going. You know what? I. I am going for I'm voting for Thunder D only because it's not a vote for Johnny Fairplay. It's a vote okay, for Thunder fair, D. fair. They might not even be friends anymore. We don't know, right? Maybe I Thunder D. Will... Actually, I believe they are See? not. Oh, perfect. <laughs> then Thunder D is my hero. By the way, can we play a quick game? How many patrons does Johnny Fairplay have on his podcast? <laughs> Do you know? Do you actually know? Did you look it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. Do you guys each want to guess and I'll tell you who's uh, right? Okay, yeah. I'm going to guess 112. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I will go uh, just because uh, you would not be bringing this up if it was a high number. I'm going to actually. Oh, that is correct, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay, I'm going to go with 75. Yeah, clear. You win. Uh, 61. You were okay. both high. I, I don't want to brag, but like 32 fans could have that in one day if we if we you know weren't already rich and had I already have the, the 32. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> Halfway there. Uh, I don't. Oh, someone someone wrote. Um, Someone wrote in 32 fans that we should be the first podcast to do a reverse Patreon. Oh, that's a, where we give I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, sign, sign up as well. Uh, <laughs> well, I still don't think you guys would listen, to be fair. <laughs> I, I, hey, I listened to the cereal <laughs> tournament, okay? I, and the food ones with Haley Strong. That's the ones of most interest mm-hmm. to me. Um, okay, I'm going with Thunder D. So, you know, Akiva, we can hash this out tomorrow, but it is a vote for no, Thunder D. No, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't know that Thunder right. D is, is, on, is, is an ops of, uh, pretty, of Johnny Fairplay. Now, now I'm pro Thunder so. D. Yeah, I, I believe that on the Johnny Fairplay podcast with Rob, they, they, it was discussed how they are uh, no longer on good terms. Okay. I could be misremembering, but I believe that's mm-hmm. the case. All right, so let's move on to our second matchup, which is the Battle of the Siblings. So honorable mention here for the sibling category is Greg Buis's sister, Julie, who joked about incest and completely creeped Rudy <laughs> out uh, on season one. But the matchup that we have here is Reed Donaldson versus Justice Coleman. Yeah. So Reed, a.k.a. Damn it, Reed, competed in the same love one's challenge from this past week's episode with his brother Colby in season 20. Reed uh, couldn't seem to do well from that season, although I think it was really Colby that like didn't throw the water well, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so then we also have Justice Coleman, who visited his sister, uh, Lisa Welchel, in the Philippines in season 25. And Justice is famous for screaming sister repeatedly as he ran uh, to embrace Lisa, although I took the Bryce Isaiah approach to this one. So yeah. uh, Reed versus Justice is the matchup. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick this one off. And actually I was trying to think the, when you, when you said the, the topic, the, the bracket was siblings, I was trying to, before you said what the nominees were, I was trying to quickly just scan my mental index. And honestly, the first one that popped to mind was Lisa Welchel's mm-hmm. brother before you even had mentioned that, uh, unprompted. So just because that was the one that I remembered the best and at a kind of a just a uh again unprompted selection i'm going to go with uh that selection all right akiva what do you think i think reed is a lock here i people were saying how like their casual grandmas like still remembered the reed one i, I just think it's one of the more iconic ones no no shade to um to justice well chill. i also think with this because of the siblings division um there hasn't really been like a wait are they siblings or are they dating type of <laughs> type of uh thing i mean you said like you know greg greg uh-huh. Buis, you mentioned but like i want like in the future like a really like probe says brother uh-huh. but then maybe has to like double check his notes after they like we, they like they gave a kiss and it's like a little too close to the mouth and like what's going on here we've had that I don't with know why we're rooting before. for incest <laughs> we've had the cousins question mark mm. yeah it's like a game of thrones exactly. style uh, uh family visit. Like game of thrones yeah um so i think here i think i'm gonna go with reed also just because of the like iconicness of it uh, and i think yeah it was someone in the patron group that talked about their loved one their like wife or something remembered that so i think reed here really is the is the answer for me okay so now let's move on to the other side of our bracket. So we have our third matchup, which is the battle of the husbands. So honorable mention for this category is Mark, not the chicken, but Ty's husband, Mark. Um, although mm. I would uh, like an honorable mention for Ron Clark's husband, which also along with the chugging milk, if he's in the movie too, I might be more interested in the Ron Clark movie as well. Did we know, did we know that he had a husband before this? Like, I feel like I, and I haven't really followed social, like any of these guys on social media. But I had I had no idea. He came out of left field. I'm like, oh, who's this hot dude? Like, how how did this happen? Did, I I mean, I assume the the other survivors knew, but did did yeah, we know? Because well, those are his friends. He's my friends. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I probably it was. I, yeah, I was, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll go with no then. Um, d- 
And the movie, the movie came out over ten years ago. Yeah, they're married. About, at the so time. I maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Like how long he's. Mm. I don't. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Okay. So I doubt he's. I doubt he's in the movie. All right. Well, you know, the milk chugging will have to be enough for me, I guess. Then. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on to the matchup. So we have HB or Honey Bunny Fields, Sari's uh, husband, who visited her twice, um, and Eddie George, the legendary formal football player who visited Taj in token jeans um, when they had that iconic moment with the uh, reward uh, auction when Taj got to watch the video on the phone, and then when she found out that she was going to see you back at the camp you back the camp and like pretty much tore jeff's arm off so that is our matchup Mm -hmm. hb and eddie george so akiva do you have a feeling about this one yeah i want to ask a question about see you back Mm -hmm. at the camp because i just rewatched it this week and it's very confusing if you think about it and i'm going to pick eddie george but so that what the way that works if you haven't seen it recently is that everyone gives their money. It's like one of the big tearjerker moments in the history of the show. Everyone gives their auction money to Taz so she can buy a family, a, a video of uh, her family, you know, a message from her family, mm-hmm. right? And then you see Eddie George on the couch at his home with their children saying the message. And then it's like super long. We probably don't even see all of it. And at the very end, he says, see you back at the camp. She doesn't notice. Probe springs it up. She famously screams, see you back at the camp. And then they go to, you know, she meets him on Exile Island. Did all, I think there were seven or eight survivors left, right? Steven, JT, Coach, like, did all, wait, was Coach still there? I'm not sure. Is, he is there. Did all of those people get a, like, everyone who had a loved one's visit or even, like, was in the running for a loved one's visit when they filmed those get a video that also said, see you back at the camp? Like, did they know it was going to be Taj? I think we just uncovered, like, a real conspiracy theory. How the hell did that happen? It doesn't make any sense if you think about it. my guess is that every loved one had a video filmed and that the producers told them now there's a chance you'll get to go back yes. to the camp. So close out your video with that. With see you back at the camp. Yeah. That, that, I mean, but I mean, listen, I guess this it's is less, a big it's, operation. It's less of a fun theory. <laughs> no, no, you're probably right. But that is wild. If you think about it, that they had the yeah. foresight to like, you know, think of this and, and mention it like it was a really, I guess, well, a planned twist, if so. So kudos to the <laughs> Yeah, but what takes more work having to buy flights and fly them all out there? Or have them just add a line at the end of the video. Like if they were going to. No, knew, I, know, they, I know it's not, but <laughs> they're to fly them out. they had to have filmed it like two weeks or you know what I mean? Like everyone had to have that or unless like they were just like cheating and knew it was going to be Taj's the whole mm, time. OK, well, you know, get it. Or it was like dubbed in. Maybe they dubbed in his voice <laughs> That's after. That's possible. I mean, she yeah, she wasn't even really kind of paying attention, right? So <laughs> she was not paying attention, and she didn't hear that, or she didn't internalize it until until Jeff okay. says it. But yeah, maybe I it wasn't, for, maybe for it wasn't actually said. It was only put into the uh, show. That's why. Yeah, that's and what we're saying. That's very see, possible. If does anybody have Taj access? We want we want to get to the bottom of this mystery. <laughs> really need to know the answer to this. Really, and it's a shame that it, George has never been on Survivor. Yeah. I feel like it's still possible. It could still happen mm. one day. All right, Kurt, what do you think? So uh, I'm going to lean on uh, my goldfish fish brain here. I I remember very little about and random things about past seasons. And I do, as much as I love Suri, I do remember Eddie George as a visit more than I do HB. And so I'm also going to have to go for Eddie. Okay, so Eddie George is moving on to the final four. Okay, let's get to our fourth and final matchup, the Battle of the Powerful Females. So the honorable mention for this category is uh, Hazel, Davy's mother, uh, because, you know, where's Davy, yeah. of course, has to be mentioned. But the matchup that we have is Aunt 
Patty and Val Collins. So, Aunt Patty, uh, well known for not only visiting her nephew Donathan, um, but also her stint on Survivor loved ones, Brant Steele. Um, and uh, she. <laughs> is that canon? Yeah, I think so. I think it is now. <laughs> um, uh, she rocked a shawl, threatened to hunt Dom down if he voted out Donathan. Uh, and then, of course, Val Collins brought Minnie to tears when she whispered, it's a boy, to her husband, Jeremy, in Cambodia. Um, because, you know, none of the other contestants knew that Val was pregnant until Jeremy revealed it at the final. So, Kurt, who are you thinking? Aunt Patty or Val Collins? Patty! Definitely. Hands down. This is... This is, uh, although not the uh, the loved ones uh, family, not the family visit I was hoping would appear in this top eight. It is one of my top ones of all time. And make sure it's a little bit of recency bias, but I'm going to have to go for Ampad. All right, Akiva. I was just thinking about how many people would have like, yeah, I, I feel like my aunts probably would not make the cut for me. <laughs> Um, I was like, no, just imagining the call of like, have, first having to explain like what Survivor is to any of my aunts, and then being like, I know you have like eight of your own kids, but will you come out to Fiji for me? Um, uh, yeah, but I pick Aunt Patty here. Yeah, that's a that's a solid choice. You know, the Val one is is so moving, but in terms of reality TV yeah. emotion, like, oh no, I'd rather have someone threaten. And she's someone. been out there already. Yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. She had her chance. Okay. All right. So we are at our final four. Let's make it down to the final two. So the next matchup, Thunder D versus Reed. So are there any strong feelings? Now, I know Akiva, uh, we've moved on to Thunder D. Mm -hmm. So is, yeah. uh, is Reed or Thunder D standing out to you more? And well, I want to know how, like, how much Thunder D really hates fair play. <laughs> like, does he have dirt on him? But I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm going to go with Reed here. I just think it's a, it's uh, you know Reed himself. The the fair play grandma lies iconic, but fair play really gets the credit, not Thunder D. Uh, <laughs> so Thunder D himself has been lost to time. So I'm going to go with with uh, with Reed. There, okay, Kurt. I I don't even remember Reed Donaldson, so I have to go with what? Thunder D. Oh oh man, this is a tough one. This is a tough matchup for me. Um. Especially because, so I do remember both of these. Uh, I think if I had to pick between the two, um, oh my gosh, this is actually, uh, this is so stupid because there's literally no stakes and who cares about this, but I'm treating it like this is the most important decision I've ever made. Are you talking about made. like the whole television show or, or just, uh, or just this <laughs> This specific decision, obviously, between okay. Thunder D and Reed. Um, well, is this framed up as a iconic bracket or a stand that's bracket? that's a good point i think it's just iconic good question yeah not necessarily oh. a stand so i don't think we have to be stands of these people um all right i i think i have to go with reed here um just because the damn it reed line for me really stands out and it is all about reed like that is an experience although this one was this was pretty tight Okay, Eddie George versus Patty, our other final two. Uh, I think, you know, I have a strong feeling about this one. I don't know if the two of you, if either of you do. Um, but, uh, Kurt, what are you thinking? I, I still have to go with Aunt Patty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think, I think in a, a, in like a blind mention of like, what are five family visits that just remain very memorable in your mind? 
Uh, yeah, a little bit of recency bias again, but uh, Aunt Patty would have made a top five listing and I probably wouldn't have mentioned Eddie George. So I'm going to go with Patty over Eddie. Okay, Akiva, what do you got? Yeah, I think the Ed Patty thing is podcast boosted. The actual iconic moment, I, I believe, is is uh, Taj and Eddie. I think that's the, sh- you know, on the show, a lot of viewers wouldn't remember Aunt Patty. I think if you were like a diehard fan, you have to remember Sia back at the mm. camp. So I'm going with Eddie George and Taj. Sia was back at the camp? Well, <laughs> oh, that's another thing. She already got money from Sia, right? Didn't Aunt Patty get Sia money also? When did Aunt Patty so. get Sia money? <laughs> Well, didn't Donathan get Sia money? Oh, so, I mean, but who knows? So I think Aunt Patty got some of that, if I'm not she mistaken. Might. I don't know if directly... I don't know how the Sia rules work. Maybe she can come on the BNP one week. <laughs> yeah, and, explain it. By the way, I don't think it's impossible that you guys could get Sia if you like knew who her publicist was. I don't think that's... I only, I only want to get on Survivor just so I can make a reference to Sia back at camp. And just like, <laughs> w- really? That would be your shout out, right? So like Devin's had the yeah. La Cheeserie thing. Yeah. <laughs> See you back at camp. No one would get it, but I would appreciate the effort. Nobody yeah. would get it. Um, okay, I, I'm going to go Aunt Patty here. I guess maybe I like the inside jokes. Uh, so I'm I'm here for that. Also, again, I will go back to the threatening Dom. I enjoyed that part. Um, so we have our final two. Reed and Aunt Patty. This is uh, an interesting one. So I'm going to, oh man, I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to give, I'm going to give my feeling. Okay. So I think Reed for me is the standout here, but I don't know if the two of you feel similarly. So Akiva, do you have a feeling about this? Yeah, I'm a Reed guy. I feel like they're both worthy winners. Honestly, this is a great bracket, but I'm going to go with Reed. Now we know, I think we know where Kurt's going to go. And uh, he apparently does not remember Reed Donaldson. (laughs) See, if this had been a Thunder D and Patty matchup, it would have been much more difficult for uh-huh. me. Uh, yeah, I, my this is uh, uh, my my vote doesn't count. You can so, still vote, uh, but for I would I, I would have yeah. It, it just in, just in case uh, something happens in the recount, um, I'm gonna you know, just make it official that I am uh, uh, standing uh, Aunt Patty here in terms of just you know having loved that entire uh, you know exchange and her experience. Now, on the Kurt, show. if it had been Thunder D versus Aunt Patty, who do you think you would have gone with? Again, that's I guess it's it's like I that that's I think another like iconic versus stand sort of question. And I think I I think I would have had to go Thunder D mm. just in terms of it was like just such a a big moment in the history of the show. Uh mm-hmm. but uh you know what? He got left behind at the uh at the semifinals, so I, I think, uh, yeah, it was it was a tough, tough matchup. OK, so we have Reed Donaldson winning our bracket. Um, now, I do want to say Mike gave some predictions in how he thought the bracket was going to turn out. So he had picked for the final four Thunder D and Reed. Uh, but then he had okay. HB over Eddie George and Aunt Patty. Um, his final two is our final two. Reed and Aunt Patty. Uh, he had Aunt Patty winning in the end. Okay, so if he had been here to vote, it would have been a two-two tie. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Okay. But so he also said, which may challenge this tie if all three of them are there. Uh, Kiva would try to have uh, Roseanne Sesternino, although he originally had Boston Powers, enter Royal Rumble style to. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. So it is something I would have done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Roseanne. 
And and honestly, the the one matchup I was hoping would be in here was Cat uh, Ederson's cousin. Yeah. yeah, I thought about that too. Cat Ederson, just in terms of comedy, that's that's high up there. Yeah, we definitely Cat was definitely yeah. on the short list. Is that the person Kurt uh, that you were going to push all the way through? Yeah. Yep. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and I think well, when it was back in the season, if it was, I also think that um, uh, Tarzan's uh, uh, wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it was an interesting uh, matchup in the family visit as well. So if back when I thought it was going to be like the one world family visit, it was was what we were going to be debating. Um, I, I would have pushed for that season to go through because I think we had some good matches. Yeah. OK, well, you know, for next time, we'll consider the, the <laughs> one world family visit versus the uh, Ghost Island family visit. OK. So, Kurt, is there anything that you want to yes. discuss before we start to wrap things up? Um, well, one of the things that that I had been wondering was, you know, are the players in the game a- adapting to and approaching Edge of Extinction's returnees with the proper strategic uh, kind of uh, approach? And, and what I mean by this is, you know, I would have been tempted to take a look at the fact that we have, you know, they see Devin's return from the Edge of Extinction and they, you know, they know that somebody else is going to be coming back from Edge of Extinction uh, as well. Um, is a missed opportunity here not to target those players and thus kind of make them shine as underdogs in the mind of the jury, but take them under your wing and try to... Uh, kind of ferry them all the way to the end as the ultimate goats. I think we see a lot of love for the jury and uh, for Devons right now, but a lot of that's because he's been targeted by everybody else in the game. Would a proper strategy have been to get to the end with two returnees from the edge and basically make the case at the end that a, I'm the only person here who didn't get voted out and B, they wouldn't be here without me, but I purposefully took them to the end. So is that a legitimate strategy to approach edge of extinction with? Because, mm. hmm. yeah, it is sort of the ultimate goats in the end. Well, I don't know, because then you could make the argument of, oh, well, the people over at the edge of extinction have had this time to bond with all the other people on the edge of extinction who are all the jury. Um, and so, you know, does that give them a leg up? So even though you can say you can make the argument at the end, like, oh, they got voted out. They, uh, you know, obviously didn't survive the whole time in the game. Maybe that argument ultimately ends up working against you. Yeah, and I, I am afraid that we're going to see. I think there is a chance for there to be a little bit of Big Brother Canada one uh, jury collusion. Uh, without the topaz element uh, where you don't actually see that in a redemption Island season because where you're only kind of matched up with one person at a time. I, I well, they are that, going to Ponderosa after this next challenge, whenever it is right. Like they will right. actually leave the Island at that point. So they will have a few days of actual, like n- typical jury unwinding, maybe being, you know, you're out of the game. You're slightly less bitter. It's more like that they're all sort of like the fifth or sixth last person out, whereas, you know, they have some time to process what happened, but not as much as like, you know, the merge boot who maybe has two, three weeks. Because right. Yeah. Right now they aren't acting like people who are out of the game because they aren't out of the game. And at a certain point that is going to hit them. I don't know if that will then will it will their mindset be rah, rah, you're one of our own go forth and win returnee or will it be that should have been me? And 
I, I so I, I I don't know. I just I'm just wondering if there's a different way to approach the returnees. I think just by by tar- by constantly targeting Rick, they are potentially sabotaging their own game in the chance that Rick or another returnee makes it to the end. But so I just wonder is there a, is there an opportunity to take them under your wing and use them versus oppose them? Well, I mean, I think you know if they're like so for example, the person who's going to come back next, they are mm-hmm. going to be I think at such a disadvantage they'd be willing to work with. There's anyone. a new Devons, right? Yeah, people are going aren't aren't people going to basically forget that Devons was ever voted out at that point because Probably. Devons is like oh he's been with us most of the game at this point. Whereas person X, whoever, whoever it is, like, that's like Johnny come lately. Yeah. It could be someone like Reem who's been in the game for three <laughs> days total. It's like, all right, this person is not a serious contender. Maybe if it's Ron Clark or someone who's basically been there the whole time. But anyone who's, you know, who's been gone for more than three or four votes is not really going to be respected. Uh, even, I mean, I guess they have so many friends on jury. It could be if it's Joe and he's been hanging out with everybody for weeks and he's really built relationships and maybe been helping them eat on, on Edge of Extinction, then then um who knows but i i think devins is not going to have that um sort of like he's not gonna he's the, obviously if you if it was you know uh kurt leon and devins at travel council you'd obviously mention 20 times like hey this guy was voted out mm-hmm. but i don't know yeah. if this jury is gonna care can i i, I made a list of uh and tell me what what these think people have in common with devins okay okay brendan shapiro B. Nguyen, Lucy Wang, Caleb Reynolds, Lindsay Cascadden, Drew Christie, and Bryce Isaiah. I was going to say they voted out, but pre-mer- Oh, Caleb was voted out in when he came back for Game Changers. No, so they're all they're all fourth out. Okay. Caleb and B uh, were were injured slash quit, but um, th- those are fourth booths, and Devin's is a fourth booth. So imagine like a season where one of those people somehow was allowed back in the game. And one, that's how absurd what might be happening, uh, you know, is like, that's pretty like and Lindsay Cascadden, winner of uh, of Survivor one <laughs> of a Survivor and uh, third. And we've not correct me if I'm wrong. We've not had a Redemption Island season where two returnees have been in the game together simultaneously. Mm. Correct. Like the, the, the first returnee is always left before the second returnee has come back. Is that I correct? think so. or been the same person. Wasn't it the same Before person? Been the same person. Yeah. 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 But like, like, right. like Laura Morette yeah. left. Yeah, Laura Morette comes Tina back and then back. Tina comes back. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I, it, how do you, how do the players perceive Rick Devins at this point? Do they see him as someone who was voted out previously, who came back, is now playing a game? I don't think so. I think it's like somehow part of the collective, like that's not part of the collective memory anymore. Like he's yeah. just now back and he's just a regular normal player. Mm-hmm. So, Except, and I think with like, but Akiva's point earlier about like you see the jury is actively rooting, like fist pumping for anything that Devins is doing. So I think, I think, and I think that's just going to perpetuate them continuing to see that he's got to be the next one to go. But I think that, but it's also a little bit again an underdog mm. in the, the people in the game are the ones that made him an underdog by constantly targeting him. So it's a little bit of this vicious circle, like which, which started first, the rooting for Devons or the wanting to target the Devons. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that, uh, whoever comes back. Yeah. Cause like, okay, if Reem comes back though, who's going to think of her as a target to win? 
or as a person who's going to win. I don't know, because it could be I I think it's so easily. Oh, yeah, it's a revolving door situation. That person's going to go out or it is like you suggest, Kurt, with the goats, potential goat situation where, you know, you bring Reem to the end and then you just be like, well, she won her way back. She won one challenge, but she didn't survive the game like me. So obviously you can't vote for her kind of mentality. What would we would you two rather see Reem as one of the final three or as an active and vocal member of the jury during the final tribal council. Can I say neither? Oh, <laughs> like, like, like I mean, no, no, like personal, uh, you know, disrespect to Reem, but like, it's absurd that she's still in the game. Like she should not be in the final three. It would be an embarrassment. If she won the game, she'd go off the air. She's not going to win. Uh, the show should go off the air. Um, I, it's, it's absurd that she has to say, like if I, I mean, obviously you have to do jury management. So when Reem is reaming you out, when you get voted out, if you're smart, and she's your war dog, and she, hopefully you aren't war dog. But if you're war dog, and she's yelling at you, you you know you have to take it because she is. If you know you have a good chance of getting back in the game, and she is literally on the jury. Um, but it's crazy. Like I, I would just if you know I could be honest with her. She's yelling at you. Is like you're not part of this. Like you know if someone gets voted out day twenty two, they're part of this. If you're voted out on day three, like it just you're you know kudos to you for staying here and trying to get your you know a hundred thousand dollars for a runner-up check but like you're not you're not in the game and you really never were like this has nothing to do with you you just happen to be here assuming a returnee does not squeak into the final three reem will have not played with any yes, of the final correct, three correct. it's crazy <laughs> and but at the same time i i like this absurd kind of this absurd idea of her being in the final three and having no shot to win, but just seeing like, what does she like? Oh, she wouldn't know that though. I don't think she has the awareness to know that she has no shot to win. No. And, but it's like, I've been trying to think which would be more entertaining for me is her making, trying to make a case for winning in the final three or her questioning people. She doesn't even know. And I guess like, which of those has a higher entertainment? Yeah. Reem, there's definitely entertainment upside. Just, just like in terms of integrity of the of the show, there's very. Yeah, little. I think Reem doesn't have to know a person to ream them out, right? So yeah. I would be totally fine with Reem as one of the jury questioning people's. Um, I think though, what would be really entertaining, I think ultimately to answer your question, Kurt, I would rather have her on the jury, but to see what argument she would try to craft, right? Because if you're Reem and somebody asks, so what was your biggest move in the game? Is it, <laughs> I won the challenge to get back in? So could, that's the only thing she could, well, other than like, she might potentially have like two votes to do something in the game right. with. So she got, I don't know, like, are they coming back at five or? or I don't know. Like, we don't know, right? Don't know. It could be we six, I think. Yeah. So she put it's like, I made fire. Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. She's had nothing to do but bad practice making fire on, on uh, Edge of Extinction and not have people. Oh, yeah, get anybody who anybody who messes it. up fire who's been on Edge of Extinction doing nothing all day should should you know be disgraced. Yes. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm really curious to know how this is gonna go. So, but I guess we'll just have to have to wait and see. All right, so let's get into our very last segment, wrap things up with our question of the week. So the question that we asked last week was, what is Survivor Heaven? Um, Based on the Heaven is getting mud rubbed on you by Wardog 
quote from uh, Rick. So I'm going to read out uh, the answers that you submitted, and then we'll go around the table and we'll each give our own answer to what is Survivor Heaven. Uh, especially, you know, Akiva, you're now very familiar, which, uh, by the way, Jess Sterling, who helped put together the bracket, congratulations on your engagement. Big mazel tov to her. Yes. Yeah. Um, so now... First, first ever podcast wedding coming up in a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Akiva, you can put that on your Survivor, or your Survivor, your Heaven resume. Uh, yep. Hopefully that'll help. Okay. I think uh, a God wrote back, uh, <laughs> sorry, you had nothing to do with it. Doesn't count. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get into some of these answers. So Chris wrote, Survivor Heaven for me would be being captured by Christian Hubicki and just hearing him speak for six hours. Uh, that... I don't know if that's heaven or hell for me. <laughs> Purgatory, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on the topic. Well, listen to Rob's podcast next week. You'll hear him speak for six hours. That's right. Uh, Elizabeth wrote in and said, Survivor Heaven is playing in the sand with Christian. So I guess Christian Hubicki is uh, is definitely in heaven, apparently, or will be. Uh, Parker Schimler said, Survivor Heaven will be experienced next season when they find Big Wendy's free-ranged chickens. Can you imagine if Wendy's chickens were allowed to just live up like out there and just sort of colonize the island? I think that would be great. Fifth generation. Yes. All out there getting swole and then you can have your chickens like live with you. Okay. Um, Dan Sineski wrote Survivor Heaven is getting taken on a reward by the biggest threat in the game. Finding the advantage clue without them noticing and using it to blindside them. Which, by the way, can we talk about the fact that Rick Devins had to climb up up in that tree to find, to get the idol? Like, I don't know how he wasn't heard by the other players. And they cut the, like those moments where like Aurora and Gavin are kind of like waking up and like looking around. And we, like, we don't know if it was in reaction to that or not. But like that's uh, that was gutsy. That was like, I guess, probably the only time he could have done that unless he was like, he you know, Obviously, he doesn't want them to know he you have more power if you have if nobody knows you have it. So uh, I definitely you know, kudos to him for doing it in That's secret. Crazy. Uh, OK, Heather Gunn said Survivor Heaven is Jeff Probst giving you a shoulder rub a la Brandon Hans. Mm. <laughs> I think I think Brandon Hans <laughs> was in purgatory right now and uh, Jeff was deciding to send him to hell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Heather also said that shoulder rub calmed down the guy with Mel Gibson levels of crazy to paraphrase Corinne. So, you know, it must be good. Uh, All right. And Logan said, my definition of survivor heaven would be a land of peace, a land with no reaming rice Nazis or mountains of pizza, a land filled with fluffy baby war dogs. (laughs) That's where he lost me. Roaming freely with the goats, Wendy's chickens, and Chris's stingray. Uh, A land where you can use your idol a second time after you're voted out. Thank you for your time. Uh, I like the reaming, so I'm actually kind of here for that. (laughs) I could Mm. say. Do you? (laughs) Dude. Uh, All right. So, Kurt, what do you think Survivor Heaven is? Uh, Well... My survivor hell is accidentally referring to Lauren as Laurel at the first five minutes of this podcast. Um, uh, my, my idea of survivor uh-huh. heaven though is, you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to channel a little Devin's here. Like we kind of know what his, his survivor heaven was from the previous episode. I think from this episode, and it would also, I would also have to mirror this. My survivor heaven is making it awkward at camp. 
Um, cause it, he just, he just gave zero shits. Uh, and, and it, it was a mix of him just, just knowing you're the target. Uh, and I think, you know, even before he had the, uh, had the actual immunity, like he was just like, you know, the Aurora going through his bag and, and, you know, Aurora be like, dude, it's like, I'm not, I'm not feeling awkward. Are you feeling awkward? But just the, just loving how awkward it felt. And then also the fact that like he was doing it, the challenge as well. It's like, yeah, they told me I'm the target. So just having that freedom to just be able to just freely say that. And then, you know, he's been voted out once already. So he knows what it feels like. I just, my idea of survivor heaven is kind of having that freedom to make it awkward. Mm-hmm. Again. I mean, especially because all of survivor. So to get into my answer, like to be able to act without repercussions, because all of survivor essentially is having to, you know, not act out emotionally. Right. And, but wouldn't it be nice mm-hmm. to be right. able to just do that and not worry about the consequences? Yeah. And he was making it awkward. I mean, I think that extends to making it awkward at tribal council. Like the fact that him calling out Ron and Julie for lying to him is like before, like he, you know, revealed that he had actually the actual mm-hmm. idol. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, that's, you know, make it awkward. Make it all awkward. You can. Next Ron Clark rule, make it awkward. Uh, okay. Akiva, <laughs> what is survivor heaven to you? Oh, can I just say, I was thinking like the 55 Ron Clark rules. When I was a teacher, we had like a, uh, like a teacher's expert, like, you know, the homeless man's Ron Clark, like the poor man's Ron Clark. Uh, come and speak to us like the day before school started and give us some advice. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that Mm -hmm. stuck with me is that he said, uh, don't ever be sarcastic with your students, right? They sarcasm does not, (laughs) does not translate. He said, sarcasm is a, is a weapon of the week. Don't be sarcastic. Uh Uh, (laughs) and I would always joke with like my other friends, uh, who are teachers like sarcasm is that been, the weapon of the week, but like W E E K we're using sarcasm this week. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Fifth, fifth week in a yeah. row. <laughs> Definitely going to follow that rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my survivor heaven is, first of all, I, I like just Jeff saying different food names to me in his absurd mm. cartoon tone, like fried chicken, baked beans, <laughs> mac and cheese pizza right like all his like insane uh like you know 20 second per word mm-hmm. of food takes so like so and then i win the reward and uh keith drives me around in a tuk-tuk for the entire reward check <laughs> yeah that's nice it's not uh it's not asmr right because you you can't say words in asmr but like you know the food equivalent of that but with yeah. jeff probes yeah no absolutely I got, it. I got it uh okay so our next question of the week is inspired uh actually by mike and his wife angela bloom um mm. they are scheduled to have a baby very very soon uh and so our our next question of the week is what survivor themed name would you give your baby uh, mm, or pet? Right. If you'd like to specify a pet, we are a pet friendly podcast over here on the BNB. Um, so this can be, you know, just some, something related to survivor could be another survivor name or tribe name or something. Use your creativity. You can uh, reach out to us in a number of different ways. Use the hashtag R H A P B N B the letter B, the letter N, the letter B on Twitter or on social media. You can respond to the post for this on the RHAP website or in the patron Facebook group. And you can also email us for long form answers or game suggestions uh, to RHAPBNB. Again, that's RHAP, the letter B, the letter N, the letter B at gmail.com. 
Okay, so that is everything we have for you this week. Next week, I will be bringing on our Canadian team uh, to break down the Ron Clark movie uh, featuring Matthew Perry. (laughs) Um, No, we will be talking Survivor, maybe a little bit of Ron Clark in the milk, uh, but with Kirsten McInnes and Puya Zanvakili. So I'm very excited Mm. to have the two of them on. Mike already. I mean, it's a bad sign. That this baby hasn't even been born yet, and he's already choosing the baby over us, Liana. Uh oh, that, obviously my <laughs> initial concern too. I was like, "How dare you? The BNP is our baby, and you're going to yeah, prioritize." It is true. Who is this other <laughs> woman? I'm sorry, your wife or man? We don't know. <laughs> I I just don't. I don't understand how a human baby can be a priority yeah. over a podcast, but you know. Definitely yeah. not. And now I have I have four kids, and let me make a guarantee to you: if I have a fifth kid, mm-hmm. and I'm scheduled to come on the B and B this week, even mm-hmm. if my wife's in labor, I mm-hmm. will be there. Thank you. God. Okay, I'm lying. I'm lying. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my wife's in here. But um, <laughs> but like certainly once it's like a day or you know like once it's back from the hospital, all bets are off. Like I did, I I had at least one kid while podcasting, and I never missed the podcast. So <laughs> I'm listen, Mike Mike Bloom. I thought he was the most dedicated man in the game, but now I'm really questioning it. If he's listening, you know, see what look at Akiva's dedication. Well, <laughs> we once did we once did an episode of Thirty Two Fans where uh, Chester had had a baby, and we were we were doing the podcast, and his wife like he was doing it in like the side, you know, you're in the ho- you like uh, like one of those waiting rooms that are like near all the hospital rooms, like every floor has one of them, mm-hmm. like in the maternity ward. So he like and she caught him. His wife was like walking around <laughs> on the floor, and she caught him, and she kicked him out of the hospital. He got booted out of the hospital, and he ran home. And we finished the podcast like in 20 minutes. It was great. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, thanks, Akiva. Uh, how can people reach out to you on social media and what are you up to? Uh, they could follow me at Keeve, K-E-V 26. Uh, we've got the Robin Akiva Nita podcast rolling on. You are on that. Uh, mm-hmm. You're uh, one of uh, one of our only two time guests you're about to become uh, as we try and win Shut Up Tim's Money. That's a trivia game. That you're hosting mm-hmm. uh, on 32 fans this week, my sports podcast. Uh, we did something that has nothing to do with sports. We ranked every country in Europe. Uh, we probably a bad idea. Probably the episode will get deleted. I feel like a lot of people will be mad. But, um, uh, you know, we got nothing to do football season. There's nothing going on in the NFL. So we brought on uh, noted European Pierre Viralainen this week and we ranked every single country in Europe. <laughs> Uh, all right. And Kurt, thank you so much for filling in. Um, obviously, more dedication than Mike. Um, so I would love to be your loved one if you ever do play Survivor. Uh, but how mm. can people reach out to you on social media? Uh, I am at Kurt Clark with two C's on all your major networks. Um, not really doing much right now. Uh, if you like f- pictures of food and escape room after photos, I guess then you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, otherwise, um, a million dollar mile does return to uh, CBS tonight. Uh, so I'll be live tweeting about that. Uh, and also just a plug for Kurt, if you are interested in being his loved one on Survivor, uh, you know, Venmo <laughs> him money. I'm sure you can work something out. Um, and of course, you can follow me on social media at Liana Boris, L-I-A-N-A-B-O-R-A-A-S. So like Akiva mentioned, I'm going to be on Renap this week um, doing the win, shut up Tim's money thing. So we'll figure that out tomorrow when we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, and also, of course, I'm on Drag Race this week with Brent Walgamont. Mike, of uh, out again. Jeez. I uh, can you believe it? You uh, really? He re- I mean, <laughs> you, like you have to time your like. He'll know this if he has a second kid. You got to time the babies for not busy season. A busy season is different for everyone. Like for me, it's like you don't want to have the kid during football season. My kids are all born like the end of February when there's no sports going on. I, I for mean, Mike. The problem is Mike podcast 12 months a year. So I don't know if he doesn't, if he has like a not busy podcast season, but maybe the summer is less busy for him. Well, I was thinking if it could be after Survivor ends before like Big Brother start, like that yeah. might be his early window. June. Mike, yeah. don't be so selfish next time. I know. Come on. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, Scott St. Pierre, for putting all of this together, dealing with our craziness. Of course, a special thanks to Will from America for our theme song and DJ LaBelle Klein and Jess East, of course, for putting together the bracket. Thank you all for listening and we'll check you out at your next day. Like Aviana, yeah, playing some games. I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.